Welcome to Sermons in the Park, a ministry exploring biblical truth from the Word of God, focusing on the truths that help us in our daily walk with Christ in every aspect of our lives. Now, here is your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park podcast-exclusive episode. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Now, last time... If you remember uh, listening to the sermon, I said I was going to do two episodes about the devil. Well, the first one was yesterday, and like I told you yesterday, I thought I already did that one. I had it kind of tucked away in a folder, and I went to looking for my notes, and I was like, where's it? That's why you heard me on there. I was like, I "I know I had a second one. But last time we talked about the devil, we spoke about the fall, right? You know, uh, specifically, when did it happen? But <clears throat> I, today I wanted to kind of talk about why. Now, as we go through this, you're going to notice a lot of this is me kind of speculating, um, you know, as to what I think, maybe building a little bit of, using a little bit of my imagination to kind of help along. But let's talk about why, you know. Why did he believe that he would be able to attack and and in doing so replace God as the ruler of the universe. So let's start off by looking at uh, the verses in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. It says, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the most high. And then if we also flip to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, we read, Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, is, he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So, did he honestly think that he had enough power to overcome and, yes, even kill the creator of everything, including himself? Remember, there were other angels as well. So that leaves the question, what did they do during the rebellion? And think about it. The angels, they saw God's power. They saw his limitless power when he brought the whole universe into existence just by his own will. We read that in Job chapter 38, verses 4 to 7. It says, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measure thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or... Who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. You see that you see right here. This act right here made everything possible. All of what you and I call space and time, right? But it also created all of the energy in it as well. We see that all the angels Right there, when it, when they saw the power, they sang praises. They shouted with joy, as the verse says. You see, Lucifer, he, he rejected the truth. 
Sound familiar? He turned himself into the devil. His thinking became warped. But, but he was not detached from reality, though, was he? He clearly understood God, that God, everything, not only the, not only the lives of the angels, but he also gave them abilities and powers. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. You see, Satan, he knew. He knew that his own power, his own authority, even though they were great, right? Were limited. So, again, like I said, this is in my mind. There was no way that he was foolish enough to believe that him and and the demons, those fallen angels that he, you know, that he had with him, had enough power to attack and conquer God. But there had to be something, something in in his experience with God. <coughs> That led him to this attack, right? Trying to elevate his own throne above the others. Take a look at Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. After he, after, after he was created, right? God blessed Lucifer. He gave him unique privilege, the unique privilege of being next to the throne of God as a covered cherub. Ezekiel twenty-eight fourteen, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You see, Lucifer himself, he would have seen firsthand how God showed perfect love. He witnessed God's incredible generosity, his mercifulness, his gentleness, his meekness, his humility. Before he became the devil, Lucifer understood the selfless dedication of God enhancing, right, the existence of everything. Also, you know, maintaining the greatest relationship with with each and every one of them. <coughs> you see, since since Lucifer was a cherub, he would have upheld God's way as the one and only way to the greatest existence anyone could ever experience. It was when he was filled with his own vanity that he sinned. He turned himself into the devil. Ezekiel 28 17 thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty thou wast thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness i will cast thee to the ground i will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee right the devil viewed himself as great and that is what led him to create a unique Okay, and opposite way of thinking 
than what God gave him. It, it, it flipped his dedication from selfless love to only loving himself. In the Bible, that we see the devil filled his heart with violence. Ezekiel 28.16 By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. This, this right here is what led him to come to the conclusion, okay, and this is my opinion, that God's love, which, remember, he saw firsthand. He saw it as God's greatest weakness. What he, in my opinion, he felt that, you know, if he would attack God, then God's character would keep him from defending himself. He thought, and again, this is my opinion, that instead of defending himself, that God would surrender. And of course, that failed miserably, didn't it? Isaiah chapter 14, verses 15 to 19, we read, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit, that that, that, that see thee shall, I'm sorry, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, is this the man that made the earth tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? All the kings of all the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, every one, of, every one in his house. But thou art cast out of, of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with a sword that go down to the stones of the pit, as a cask, as a carcass trodden under the feet. He, you see, his understanding of perfect love proved to be a fatal flaw. You see, God used His power to eject Satan and his army out of heaven. Like we discussed last week with the speed of a lightning strike. Just like Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So I hope that gives you just a little bit more understanding. And it's just, like I said, a lot of it was just kind of my thought process on this. Um, I hope, you know, it kind of helps you along with your journey. I'd love to hear what you think about these things. You know, message me. On Facebook, Twitter, Truth Social, wherever you get, wherever you go, <coughs> I'd love to hear from you. You know, we also have the call-in line. You can call in the the um, numbers down there in the description of all the videos and all the the podcast episodes. The prayer line, where you can also leave uh, messages about what you felt about the certain episodes. So, thank you all once again, and I pray the Lord continues to bless you and keep you, and I love each and every one of you. See you here soon. You have been listening to Sermons in the Park with Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, BitChute, and Rumble. And as always, thank you for listening.